0: I'm Joel Volk, and welcome to Small Bizcast, where twice a month I explore the lives of small business owners to dig a bit deeper and expose strengths, weaknesses, ideas, and challenges, with blemishes and all. Mickey Kennedy of EReleases.com has succeeded by bringing a modern approach to a traditional business. His success has come from some aha moments that were transformed from great challenges. As you listen to this interview, as a small business person, you will find comfort in knowing that you are not alone. Hopefully you'll learn something while finding inspiration and ideas from the people I introduce you to, like Mickey. Hopefully you'll laugh a little too. Hot dog, it's a wonderful life. I'm really curious about you personally, just because you seem to express so much with the visuals. Yet, you're a writer. right? And so it's kind of like a combination of auditory and visual stimuli that you communicate with. And I thought that was really an interesting combination. You're probably a little bit of an enigma, so can you tell me a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure, so I'm a poet. I have an MFA in creative writing with an emphasis in poetry. I am a comic book nerd. I grew up reading old horror comics, uh, vintage horror comics. They you know, sort of titillated me and scared me, and I liked that. And uh, I continued that as an adult just to complete my collection. You know, I love science fiction, but I also like, you know, regular literature and stuff like that. But uh, most of the reading that I've been doing of late is sort of like uh, business self-help type stuff and things like that. How long have you been in business, Mickey? Just hit the 23rd year this past October. So I'm working on year 24. And it's been a fun ride because I went through the dot com crash and uh, the other recessions that we've had along the way. And it was, it was a very interesting time. So begs the question.
0: How old are you? You look quite young. You look like someone who started when you were uh, 24 years ago. It looks like you must have been around, I'm going to guess around 15, 16 years old.
1: No, I was in my mid twenties. I am 51. I'll be 52 in July.
0: Wow. You look awesome. You know, Thank you. What's, what's your secret? Is it the poetry?
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> it must be eating well. I I, I love to eat. And, yeah. Uh, I like a variety of foods. And I, every once in a while, I feel like, oh, I should eat something healthy today. So maybe it's the occasional salad.
0: I, I read that you were a poet. First of all. you have a poem you would share with us and uh, if you want to hold off and give it some thought until later i've got some questions regarding that so uh, okay
1: sure i'm not trying to put you on the
0: spot or make you uncomfortable but i definitely wanted to you know get some poetry out of you and and i should tell you that you know my my uh my father was a poet and i can tell you that it was a great tool for him to express his inner demons and his inner, inner thoughts and his way to express things that he may not be able to say to people directly and when I think about what you do professionally, you you write directly, you write uh, press releases, you you brand people by using free media, correct? Correct. And so it's a very it's it's almost two different art. I mean, I don't even know if you could call press releases an art, although there's artistry to writing, of course. But but poetry is like the antithesis of a press release. And I'm curious how you take that, how you you get along that path. Can you share your story,
1: please? Sure. So I started writing press releases, I guess around 27 years ago, I started working for a telecom startup and they said, you're a writer. We need someone to write press releases. So I wrote press releases. They're very dry, third person. You know, there's, there's nothing really great writing about it. But what I found was you had to have a nugget or a hook or something that the media would engage with. And so I would talk with the staff. We we publish telecom numbers and statistics. And every once in a while they, at lunch, they would share something unusual, like saying, do you know that there's one island in the Caribbean that generates more traffic from the US than all other islands combined? And we're like, really, what is it? And he goes, it's 1-900 numbers. And then it was uh, the sex uh, and, and horoscopes and all these paid 900 number services and things like that. So I said, that's interesting. We should put that in a press release. So we did, and it got major pickup. I think The Economist, Financial Times, uh, all the major newspapers, Washington Post picked it up. So you know, I felt like I was onto something. And I right. sort of used my creative juices to figure out what is something that we're just sitting on that we're not even realizing is newsworthy? And often it's one of those things that you, you share with your coworkers, but you wouldn't necessarily put it in a report and send it to your boss. And uh, I, I'd like to talk to my clients and brainstorm uh, about what are some strategic things that we could put together in a press release that would be more meaningful than just saying you, you have a new hire or a personnel change or something like that.
0: So does that ever cause a bit of a problem that you do a press release that's arcane fact about the company and the staff that may feel the calls may not be aware of that fact themselves?
1: I think with most of my clients, they're very small businesses. It's mostly I'm talking to the owner and it's often just them. Uh, wow. There are some businesses that have a few employees and and stuff like that. But I think that that sort of happens in the more bureaucratic, larger, mid-sized or larger corporations. and. I, I mostly help entrepreneurs, speakers, authors, and people like that. So,
0: so you have a lot, I assume you have a lot more freedom then to be creative when you're writing the press releases for that. Do you ever uh, fight the urge to write an iambic pentameter?
1: <laughs> I, I haven't yet written a poem, but I've threatened it a few times uh, to people. I, I haven't actually put one together, but it will be interesting if, if, if it ever comes to fruition. I want to give you that challenge.
0: Okay. I want to give you that challenge. I have a feeling that if you put together a press release with some poetry, you might get a lot more legs to it than you would expect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are some of the do's and don'ts of press releases and how have those changed over the years? And here, here, here's a little bit of what I mean. I, I recently heard an ad that was for a one of the toilets that has water attached to them, right? The, the bidet toilets. And the ad was super crass. And it's something that I would never, I don't think you ever would have heard. I don't even want to get into what it said because it was the text, the copy of it was kind of disgusting, to be honest with you. And, but they were obviously trying to create some shock value. And to me, it broke a rule that I know about marketing, which is it's okay to be shocking, but you don't want to turn off half your audience. It's counterproductive in marketing. But but it seems to me, because I've heard this ad for a long, long time. And whenever I hear an ad on the radio or on something a long, long time, I assume it's causing the phone to ring and clicks to happen, So I assume it's effective. Has the do's and do's don'ts of press releases changed the way apparently the do's and don'ts of regular marketing has changed?
1: I don't think they've changed considerably. I do think that there is more opportunities today with the uh, like uh, including photos or images with your thing. Uh, so many places are placing these articles online and so if they can include an article or an infographic or, or just something that's really relevant it, it it better engages their audience so visuals are much more important today I, I think that the sensationalism still is something that it doesn't work very well in a third person document but you know that being said i do encourage people to be contrarian if everybody in your industry is talking about a subject and they're taking this one approach to it, if you're willing to take the opposite approach, you'll probably get media pickup because no one else is out there speaking for the other side. And so every article that's about this is the opportunity to include at least you as the con or the alternate view of, of that. And, and that works really well. But you want to do that intelligently. You don't want to come across as crass or over the top or anything like that. You want to be the rational person, not the crazy uncle uh, <laughs> in, in, in your space.
0: Uh, that's a good way to put it. Um, so you're saying now it, it used to be press releases were really just the verbiage. And now you want to give them the art to accompany it so they could put it on there.
1: Right. On and I I suspect also, um, we're going to be moving to video, I think over the next five to 10 years, in addition to including photos and images and you know, those type of multimedia files, it will also include video, uh, segments as well, because if you're releasing a product and you're a website or your Instagram or you're some social media thing, it it's better to package that around the video than, you know, articles. So I think that that'll be a natural progression as the, the, the business of media changes. And it has changed considerably. I I remember the big thing when uh, I was starting out was bloggers and the news wires, which give access to press releases to the media, was not accepting bloggers as real journalists. And uh, ironically, there were some blogs that were more influential than the trade uh, magazine for that industry. And so they grew up and they accepted it. And, And they've done a 180 because they're the first now to accept, you know, like an Instagram Influencer who has a huge following in fashion, they'll give them access to fashion press releases as if they are credentialed media. So they're they're much more accepting now, and I think they recognize that people are getting their content from lots of different places. And traditional media uh, is is being supplemented by social media and influencers of all different types.
0: So That must make it really challenging for you. Your your company e releases is one hundred percent web based press releases, correct? Correct. So then do you do your press releases that you put out for your clients do they do you include the art and do you and will you do you plan to include the video is that going to be like a package
1: that you offer? Right. So uh we currently offer uh with through the newswire. We work with PR Newswire and ironically they approached me over 10 years ago and said, "Hey, we noticed you're uh, uh, you know serving small businesses." Uh, why don't you also send these press releases out, uh, through the wire, through us. And I was just sending them out to email, uh, cause that's where I got started. e releases email. Uh-huh. And, uh, I, 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 I had spent a year before I launched the company reaching out to over 10,000 journalists and getting them to sign up. And so at that point, I just pointed out to them that I'm charging at the time, $250, I think, to send a release. And I knew that they were charging over $1,000 to move like a 500 or 600 WordPress release. Right. And I'm like, my my customers can't afford that. And so we just put our heads together and tried to make a win-win so that, you know, everybody now who uses us gets a national release over PR Newswire without paying the $1,000. And it's mostly because they looked at my customer base. They're doing on average two to three releases a year. They're their budgets are so small, you know, it it is closer to the three to $400 per release budget that they have. And so, you know, their salespeople would never want to commit resources to try to recruit people like that. So this is a way in which they could, you know, serve that audience. And we did stuff like scheduling our releases for next business day so that they could work on it during their off hours, sometimes even overnight, because they have overnight editorial and they're often not very busy, but they have to be there in case breaking news or something happens.
0: Maybe this is a selfish question, but do you send press releases out to podcasters?
1: I have sent some for podcasters. I did a, a segment for PodFest last year uh, trying to determine whether PR works for promoting podcasts. And what I found out is like if you're you know, Donald Trump's former personal attorney and you're interviewing Stormy Daniels, yes you will get picked up everywhere people magazine everywhere picked that up that was really the only one that was a breakout success i looked at over 40 or 50 press releases that podcasts had done there was a historical one and i think it had a abraham lincoln angle to it uh it was a it was a very focused podcast that one got picked up on some history websites and some um, public broadcasting type things but outside of that most most of the press releases at most got three or four articles written about them. And you know, that, that's, that's not, that's not great. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I, I feel like a very successful release should get like eight to 12 articles written about them.
0: Now I must admit, and this is a little, you know, because I, I like to show my cards as much as I can. When I first was presented with interviewing you, I thought maybe just maybe this is an attempt to get me to become a customer. <laughs> I, I did. I thought this is a clever way to get someone like me who's i am looking to grow my audience and, and and press releases may not be a bad way and i and i thought i thought huh i want it's interesting and I, I think the unique business that you have is fascinating and i love the concept but i'm thinking i wonder i just wonder if he's sending this to a lot of podcast guys because he knows he's going to pick up some podcast customers and, and so it just kind of crossed my mind just thought i'd share that little nugget for you by the way was it right do you do that kind of guerrilla marketing
1: I don't. I mostly let people come to us. Uh, They mostly find our website through searches or, you know, we have a a blog that we've ran ourselves for over 15 years. So we have like 1500 articles. So that's mostly how people find us. I do get on podcasts because I feel it exposes me to different audiences and stuff like that. Surprisingly, the most successful podcast I've done is one for people who are makers on Etsy. And several of them came and did press releases with us and they did very well. And I think for them, uh, they had a lot of images. A lot of it was like handmade jewelry, handmade crafts, and they, they visually were very interesting. They were very unique. Right. Mm-hmm. not like stuff you see elsewhere. And I think that that's probably why they did so well. But uh, yeah, that's mostly the extent of my marketing is just getting out there and, and talking about press releases to other communities, yeah. because so many people feel that press releases are old fashioned or they don't work or, you know, uh, or they get confused with so many press release services out there don't actually send it to the media or over a newswire. They just syndicate it so that yeah. your release appears on a bunch of websites and early 2000s that was the goal and it, it, at one point the news wires would when you sent out a release you get um a report with your what your press release on 300 to 400 websites right. and now uh it's it's much fewer and the newswire says there probably have come a time where we get rid of it completely because uh pr firms hate it because it clouds the messaging. The CEO says, Oh, I see we're on these websites, but it's just the press release. Is this important? Was this was this a major pickup? And it isn't, you know, what the goal of it is to get an article written about you that a journalist wrote uniquely based on the press release. And so uh, there's there's this, been this big distraction in the marketplace for over a decade on syndication, and well, uh, I want and to just
0: dwell on this a little bit because I think this is a huge distinguishing factor. And for the business people out there, what we're always trying to do is take a good idea and make it unique to us. So. Uh, uh, I have a friend who's an IP lawyer, and he gets people bringing ideas to him all the time. and He, and he always tells them, "Hey, if you want a good idea, open a pizza restaurant. There's a billion dollars spent on pizza every year. We know that's a viable business. Why take a risk and all this stuff?" And you ask yourself your question about the pizza model. They're all unique in different ways. Your your service for press releases is unique over the other eight of over of the other. Did you call them agencies? Um, the yeah, press release you know, services syndication
1: you know, services right right
0: yeah where, where your your press releases are going to going directly to journalists
1: right
0: not to not to listing services right. and so so you're not waiting for some journalist to happen to stumble upon a listing service and hopefully open your particular press release you're it's going right into their inbox is that a fair
1: Right, right it is uh email distribution plus the newswire distribution over the newswire and that's like electronic feeds huge, and- huge distinction huge distinction.
0: Right. because if, if you do have a unique story to tell then they will do that i used in my earlier in my career i used press releases several times because i couldn't afford real marketing and and oftentimes i got great results for it and one time i used it to avoid a lawsuit i had a very very big company it was actually a institution that was well known for suing people that sued it and they owed me a lot of money and they were clearly going to screw us and they were well known nationally and uh, we were we did some work and they were basically decided not to pay us and i was petrified to sue them because i didn't want to get sued back and instead i i went to a pr firm and had them write a press release and then i sent it sent the press release to the to the company to the individual that was dealing with and said I can't, I'm not going to sue you, but I'm going to have this posted. It's going to, not going to cost me very much. It's going to go out to a thousand places and unless you pay us, it's going out and they, they pay this because they, they would, they would have lost the, the court of public opinion to be sure, sure because they were smashing my tiny little company. But that was my tactic to not getting, to, to not getting into something much bigger than I could handle. Um, and I'm curious when I think about those days, I wonder. Would that work in today's world, the way press releases go today? And I'm curious what your opinion might be.
1: I don't know. I will say that the press release services have gotten very conservative. I could do press releases 15, 20 years ago that I can't do today. And the the press release companies, the news wires are scared of Google and they don't want to do anything that offends Google so google comes out and says we don't like guns so all the gun releases have to go away Uh, we don't like alternative medicine doc you know the the stuff that's on daytime tv where they talk about blueberry pills or will cure your diabetes or something like that they you know they they hate you know all of a sudden they don't take alternative health even real supplements you know like i've got vitamin d supplements can we do a press release It's iffy now because they're just so, you know, frightened of Google because, you know, one of their business, important parts of their business is having these releases very accessible to search. And even though they have the relationships with the news wires, that search component is so strong and drives so much web traffic to the press releases that they have that, you know, they feel like they're, they're sort of stuck. And so that makes it frustrating uh, right now, crypto is one of those things that they don't want to accept from third, through third parties like me, they barely want to accept it. If you register directly with the newswire and work with them. And so there, there are things that, you know, are, you know, fall out of favor, certain industries and things like that, that I've noticed over time. And that makes it a little difficult because I've always sort of viewed press releases as like, almost like a first amendment thing. If you've got the money, you should be able to send your messaging.
0: Well, you're about to, I was about to ask you that question. I mean, do people come to you for, to put press releases out that, you know, are false information or, you know, is maybe uh, teetering past your ethical line of acceptance? How do you manage that? And do you, when we look at releases
1: ago. we look at releases and that they pass the real test you know does this seem real and uh you ever, you, know, we, you ever
0: fact check you ever fact we
1: it? we don't really get into the fact checking but right. you know there are people that we get questionable releases from where we do fact check that we that we, we say we don't right uh, where we try to policy? verify do you do you, do you do political campaigns and we occasionally work with some small players who are trying to get some media attention. We don't want to get in stuff where there's like hate going back and forth or slander <laughs> yes. or libel yeah. or anything like that. So we're always very cautious about things along those lines. We don't work with a lot of you know lawsuits as well, or pub- we don't do publicly traded clients either, because we're working with entrepreneurs and small businesses. The amount of oversight being a third party taking releases from a publicly traded company, even if it's a small one, is just too onerous from a liability standpoint that the Newswire and I both agree, we don't wanna be taking those types of releases.
0: We're gonna take a short break you'll be right back small bizcast is proud to support fit for the cause fit for the cause is the leading organization in fitness for low income and special needs communities founded in response to the national health crises, fit for the cause has used licensed and covid conscious trainers to keep their members active even during the pandemic offering physical training nutrition and a variety of classes members benefit from the same resources given to special olympic athletes so stay active now by going to www.fitforthecause.org. That's fit, the numeral four, thecause.org. Welcome to our new sponsor, Jorgensen HR. Jorgensen HR believes that an employer's workforce is the single key to customer satisfaction, reputation growth, profitability, and the ultimate success of the company. Jorgensen HR works to ensure that employers are in compliance with federal, state, and local HR laws and helps assist them with almost everything else HR. Driven by passion and guided by expertise, Jorgensen HR. Please remember to mention Small BizCast when you call 661-600-2070 or visit them online at jorgensenhr.com. You may remember Janice Miller of Miller Haga Law Group from our episode, Saving Nigel in season one. Miller Haga supports businesses of all sizes, from large to small. No matter what phase your business is in, from startup to wind down, Miller Haga Law Group acts as your innovative general counsel. Their experienced team of lawyers will keep the gears of your business turning. If you want to minimize your liability while maximizing your profits with competent and efficient counsel, contact MillerHaga.com for more information. That's MillerHaga, H-A-G-A.com. If you know of anyone who feels lonely on their way to the top, I can help. Hot Dog Business Growth is for companies of all sizes. For people new to business, we offer the Pay It Forward Roundtable, a monthly half-day panel discussion with your peers, coupled with one-to-one private counseling with me. This is super affordable and the best OJT you'll ever get as you learn to grow your business. For the more seasoned, Hot Dog Business Growth offers counseling for leadership and teams. We offer sales strategies and team synergy, as well as customer service assessments and training. Our decades of business experience is on tap for you and your team. Schedule your no obligation conversation at HotdogBizGrowth.com. We are back with the fascinating, the interesting, the humble Mickey Kennedy of eReleases.com. The news just this week was the, the big lawsuit between the Sarah Palin and the New York Times where, where they... New York Times printed something that was erroneous they later corrected it but because um it caused you know the the Palin campaign or lawsuits said they caused damage and they sued him and it was going to be a it was going to be a game changer for the press would that have affected you had that had the had the Palin I don't
1: or- think so because we are a conduit um, right you're a conduit we're a conduit we're a service right. provider and the service provider laws that facebook tries to claim that they're they have uh that there's no edit you know we we don't edit for content we don't you know fact checked and stuff like so that you either so we're just
0: or you or you pre- or you present but you, there's no way right. and do you right do you because not everybody's a, a poet do you do you ever you know get a press release that is, I mean, get the text of a press release that's written so poorly that you want to help them edit it. And does your company offer that
1: service? Right. So we do offer writing services. We do sometimes we'll catch errors or we notice the headlines really weak and we'll suggest an alternate headline. We usually Uh do that. There's no charge for that, Uh, but we also want to help people. So we'll review a press release that you've written, whether you use us or not, give us one business day turnaround to, to take a look at it. We are there to help people. And most of the time it's not the writing of the press release. That's really problematic. It's the subject matter, what you chose so many people when they're unsure what they should be announcing in a press release, you know, they, they stick with stuff that's pretty safe. Like we have a new product coming out and it's just, it's just bland and they don't really think of, think of it from the standpoint of the journalist, the journalist is a gatekeeper, right? And he's trying to find fascinating stuff that he can share with his audience. He's almost like a curator. And they love to, to discover small businesses and small products and services and things like that. And, and you know, books from authors who aren't, you know, a bestseller yet, because they then get the credit of being Oh, yeah, that was really good. You, you found it for me. And it's a way in which a good writer you know, has a relationship with his readers and stuff like that. So, if knowing that, it, you know, how could you craft your your press release or your message to, to best take advantage of that? Uh, what would an audience find fascinating or really interesting with your product launch? And so, that's, you know, how,
0: so, as an entrepreneur myself, that makes it very interesting to me. Do you give webinars or seminars to your potential clients so they can be right? So you can teach them. Director. Right, I, that, I do. He, I, so tell me about that, because that's what I would be. Right. I'd be jumping all over that. I'd be saying I would be. So saying, right, I notice right it's now, my people saying, "You want my services to pay for itself? You got to be better at the following. Let me help you."
1: Right. I, I have be, a video masterclass. It's it's less than an hour where I go through eight strategies that mm-hmm. work, uh, and if you you know follow it, you will get media attention. And right. can anybody uh, I, find
0: that, or do they have to be a client of yours?
1: No, um uh, you could just go to ereleases.com forward slash plan P L A N. I didn't uh, I didn't put a paywall around it because I want my customers to to start doing more strategic press releases. Right. And during the pandemic, I went and did an audit of all my customers. We move about twelve hundred to fourteen hundred press releases a month. So it's a lot of volume. And so, yeah, uh, so going back to, you know, trying to win you over as a customer in the grand scheme of things, I'd have to do that a lot to, to afford, to be meaningful to my business. But, uh, it, it is, you know, we are working averages because I'm paying a huge fee to the newswire in order to, to get these releases out. So, um, it is sort of a, a win-win situation where we're trying to, to provide the most benefit for the customer but these strategic ideas came out of me looking at my customers and i noticed that two of them always get media attention usually eight to 14 articles every press release and in what was similar with them is they're both doing surveys and studies and they they have a, a very fractured audience where they uh, one's a directory and it's a directory in the technology uh arena but it's like you know, they might have a segment on their website that's just uh, you know CRMs for accountants. You know, it's very esoteric. Yeah. And so they did surveys uh, in all these populations, and they're very topical. They're timely right now, and so they'll they'll send out a, a press release about that survey that they did and publish the results. I, I've I've worked with a couple of small clients and had them be able to r- replicate it themselves in which one was an auto repair shop in Pennsylvania and their only goal, they came to me through an SEO guy that I knew and he says, maybe Mickey can help you. And they, they said, we're looking to get links to this new website, uh, their old website, was provided free from the Yellow Pages and it went away. And they're just like, our website's gone. What do we, What do we do? So they registered a new domain and they were looking for links from auto trade uh, publications because those would make them rank higher, being in the auto industry. And so I recommended the survey and study because I can't think of anything else that's newsworthy that a local auto repair shop uh, in Pennsylvania could could talk about. Right. And so they felt, uh, you know, this. It, you know they didn't feel like well we're not experts i don't feel like we could do a survey and i said oh really anybody can author a survey right and you get the credit for it by just publishing it and so so, you you would know, put the, so they
0: would put the survey out without the results and then they would they were soliciting the results in the press release is
1: that what you know they, they they got the results and that was another thing so said. they got the
0: results and they were publicizing the results they were publicizing the results. right what about and lists like the 10 you know the 10 The ten dos and
1: don'ts. Lists work very well. Numbers uh, work extremely well. Top ten, top five. I used to have a a client bedandbreakfast.com that got bought by one of the major travel companies, and it's not really a a will website anymore. But they would do about five or top ten bed and breakfasts each year, and they would do one for around Halloween, and they usually did New England, New England, you know, haunts. Right. Uh, you know top haunts of of new england for uh, this and they would do top 10 romantic destinations around valentine's day and 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 so they they did very well and they routinely got picked up like in usa today and lots of major media outlets who would say this is interesting content it's good filler because you know journalists are always having to fill pages and if you make something that's very accessible and easy to basically copy and paste or utilize that that works very well. In the case of the survey and study with uh, the people in Pennsylvania, they didn't know who to send it to because they didn't know other auto trade places. And so I had them uh, reach out to an independent trade association for auto repair shops, right. and they said, sure, we'll send your link out to our members. I did tell them to say, "We'll we'll mention them in the press release, but I, I find the small and independent trade associations are very willing to right. send surveys out to their members, often because it's a win-win in which they get mentioned sure. in the survey and they get mentioned in the press release that goes out. So,
0: so, so it sounds like you're very hands-on. So I have a couple of questions regarding that, Okay. The first one is um have you done any kind of ROI analysis just to see what people get in terms of what publicity would cost them if they're paying for advertising versus
1: what your release costs? Do you do you have those types of stats? And I I I I I've measured some in the past. Um there used to be a tool that we would utilize that a lot of PR firms utilize, but they don't really You don't really much anymore. It's because I think so much of the pricing is not as transparent uh, with a lot of places. They want to bundle packages and, and, and things so that you don't know what ad space costs anymore. Right. And
0: so a few times you've, you've mentioned it a few times during our short discussion here that, you know, somebody gets eight or 10 mentions or 12, you know, whatever that, so you that's really your metric. How many times does it actually get picked up is the metric you use. And then you could use just common sense. If, by, by the way, what does an e, e-release cost?
1: They start at for a new customer one ninety nine two sixty nine uh, for our, our uh, low end and, and mid and mid range uh, distribution. So so just uh, I'm
0: just I'm sorry to just stop the price. So so just so in the two hundred dollar range two hundred fifty dollar range on average is that what you're? Yes. Okay. Yes. So if you can get ten mentions 10 articles written and it only costs you $250, it would be worth three times that. I mean, that's, right. that's really what you're selling. Out. It, and, and can you boast of that on average? You know, what's the average Which, you release? Will,
1: I would say 95% of the releases that we get generate zero articles, Zero. Um, zero. Yeah. So it's,
0: it's, so it really is in the art of the construct.
1: Right. So you have to use. So that that brings
0: me to the next part of my question. So sorry to step on you. I was kind of leading. That's right. So you're. So it sounds to me because you're so hands on and your team is so experienced that you will give them as much guidance as they as they'll take in order to make as an effective press release as possible. Correct. But it really is up to this to the generator of the press release to take advantage of that service. Is that fair?
1: That's correct. I mean, we have over twenty five thousand. active customers and, right. wow. uh, That's huge. and I've only gotten 350 of them to go watch that video, the free masterclass. Why and is I just like, I, I don't understand why, but it's so hard. And I know that an That's hour insane. is a huge, right. you know, ask of someone, but it really is just the best information that would, you know, help someone get start writing releases that actually are meaningful and would get media pickup.
0: So here's my advice. Break it into 15-minute segments, part one through four, 15 minutes each. People will give you 15 minutes. An hour is a long time. Sure. It isn't just a just a thought. I don't know if that's we, possible.
1: We are breaking them into pieces right now because we're sending people directly to the part that's about surveys and studies, and it's like yeah. seven minutes long. So that's, that's a much smaller ask of someone.
0: Yeah, and that and then you can also, of course, use that yourself for your own outreach, right? Sending out sure. seven, you know, t- t- you can put that on social media, seven minute video. It's sure. a play. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, you've been in business 20 on your on your, starting your 24th year, what do you think it's going to do the next 10 years? What's going to change?
1: I say I'm just going to be flexible. I'm going to absorb as much as I can and try to adapt change as we go. I think that video will probably be a, a major component in the future. How that works. I'm not sure yet, but I'm just going to take a wait and see approach. I I'm always trying to determine what's the most value and the biggest opportunity that I can give a customer. And, you know, I've had, I've had people in the past say, uh, oh, you could save a lot of money rather than paying, uh, you know, a couple hundred dollars or over a hundred dollars to the newswire, to move through them, you can pay us $10 and it will appear as if it was on the newswire. Cause we'll give you 150 of these syndication links. Right. And I'm right. just like, that's, there's no value in that. Right. So the, the real value is the relationships and, uh, the connections to journalists. What's your
0: greatest strength as a leader of your business?
1: being adaptive and recognizing my shortcomings you're saying your biggest strength
0: is what is recognizing your weakness it is
1: uh, okay so let's that was guess what my next question was going to be uh, what what that weakness was right? there you go you what give are your example? Weaknesses? what
0: are your weak yeah, what are your weaknesses what gives you what, what 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 area if you were to you know go to school to fix whatever problem that you had within your your own uh, sphere of influence what would what would it be what would where would you focus
1: i try to be a perfectionist and i expect that of others And as a manager of my staff, I was a micromanager and I had people who would just cycle in the average time that someone would stay with me, but year, year and a half. Yeah. And I was talking to an HR consultant, a very high priced HR consultant who was in a mastermind of mine. And I was sharing all of my problems. And she says, Mickey, I don't do this for anyone, but I've sat here for three years in these masterminds with you and you've complained about turnover and your employees. And I'm an HR person. Let me interview your staff. Let me interview you. Let me look at your job postings. Let me fix what's wrong. And so uh, she interviewed my staff and she interviewed me and we talked and she said, Mickey, you're the problem. She said, you that was, was that hard to hear? No, it wasn't. It was actually. You already knew the answer. It was released. you already know the answer? Right. I, I, I think I did a little bit. Yeah. But I couldn't yeah. help myself. Right. Being the micromanager, I wasn't going to just, you know, seed this power that I had. Right. So I want to just
0: point out that this is the value of having trusted advisors in your sphere of influence. As you're running your business, some people are super sharp. No one knows their business better than they do. Nobody, nobody can do it better than they do. Nobody can sell it better than they do. Nobody can execute better than they do. But having trusted advisors that will look you in the eye and tell you the truth. Is exactly why you have to have these people around you, and you don't need your friends there. You need someone who's going to tell you, and even and even if you know the truth, but you don't, you're not facing the truth. It gives you license to fix it, to, to face the truth. To it, it's freedom. It's actually one of the best breaths of fresh air you'll ever get as a business owner when somebody tells you what you already feared or thought you or thought it gives you it gives you uh it gives you the validation that this is this is a fixable problem so continue on but i just have to <laughs> had to throw that in because kudos, kudos to you for not being defensive or threatened by that and to looking at embracing it as uh as the pivot point to change i give right. you a lot of credit for that
1: yeah she she told me uh mickey they're not going to have every conversation in a sales forward approach that you would have with the customer. It's not going to be your words that come out, but the customers will have said in all their surveys that customer service is excellent and they love e-releases. And she goes, so you fostered a really good uh, group of people and you have great employees, but you're not going to keep them if you stay there hounding them and micromanaging them. And every time there was a phone call, I would walk up behind the employee and say, okay, next time you talk to them, I want you to say it this way. And you know, that, that people, people love being nice. told what to say, huh? So in April of 2015, <laughs> I told my staff I was leaving, I was going to go home, focus on sales and marketing and strategy and leave them to run the business. I put uh, one of the senior employees in charge of everybody and it's worked out really well. Um, so that's
0: seven years, that's seven years. So does that give you the ability to then replicate in some other way your business or is your business so hands-on and you can't really do
1: that? It's, it's hard to do that. But I, you know, the, the one thing that I can say is I've only lost one employee since then. Yeah, uh, right. Right. I added some more. Yeah, uh, but I've only lost one, and she said that she she stuck around for three and a half years. And she said my goal was to only stay here for a year and leapfrog into a PR firm. And she says that's what I'm doing now. But I only stayed three and a half years because it it, it was such a great place to work. Yeah. And well,
0: congratulations. It, it, Honestly, I think that you probably fixed one of the hardest problems to fix because it came from within. And uh, And I
1: I couldn't help myself. Even after she told me this, I could, I would still cringe and jump up and want to go talk to the employee. So I just said, I have to not be in the office. I have to not be able to overhear this Mm -hmm. stuff because they're doing a great job. People are, are buying the products. And, you know, the conversations may not be the way I would word them because I always come from a place of yes, and all this sell stuff that I've learned over the years and things like that. And, you know, I, all I can do is occasionally provide some of these tips to them and some may take up, take, take me up on it and others may not, but still they're doing a great job.
0: Yeah, no, I love this story. I think it's such an important story for people to hear people who are running their businesses to hear and I, I really give you a, give you a lot of credit for being you know self actualized enough to to hear it I would tell you that that my, my my staff that I worked with for many years that worked with me year early, early, early would be blown away that I'm saying this because I was the problem. I was the perfectionist. I was the guy that I, I mean, I would tell you the biggest challenge as I grew my business was maintaining the level of detail that I wanted to maintain and still grow and add people because translating that detail to other people is very, very difficult. And I just have to, at a certain point, let go of some of it and step out and let people be who they are. And we always had great customer service responses as well. And so to micromanage people, you know, you kind of kill their spirit a little bit. And so it took a long time for me to, to get to, to learn that. And I really uh, give you a lot of credit. So you ready for the poem yet? Sure. Okay,
1: this is a poem that I wrote. Um, I was writing a poem for the seven deadly sins. I think I've done four of them so far. I still have a little ways to go. But this one's envy. In grad school, the boy with the silver pen wrote poetry that sounded like rap music. One slams where the audience often stood up when he finished. I wanted to be him, but I stutter in front of crowds and my words lack his distinct rhythm and flow. He wrote a poem where the government gives each person just 167 words a day. I quickly gather my letters and words, let my vowels sag under surveillance. Today, I set my car keys on the counter, remind myself that I will not leave until I've written a poem worthy of him, even if it means I have 51 words left to go.
0: Wow, that's heavy
1: duty. It's true. Uh, I sent this to that guy. We're friends on Facebook. And uh, I mean, that's like 25 plus years ago that I was in grad school. And I I sent it to him and he, he got a kick out of it. But I, he didn't know I envied him, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I, everybody wanted to be you. You were like a rock star."
0: Right? Are you still in touch? We are. We are. That's awesome. You gave him an amazing gift. You know, you gave him the gift of 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 uh, letting him know that that he made an impact. You know? Right. And like, I think one of the and, things with envy, kind of one of the biggest gifts you can give people is is acknowledging when they've made an impact on your life. And uh, and and you never know who that may be. You never know when someone may do that. So it's a, it's a good gift to give. That's awesome. I love it. I,
1: and I think envy is one of those things that's often wrapped up with admiration and you know appreciation for someone. And I I pass that along to him as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's confused with jealousy. Yeah, it's confused with jealousy. Jealousy is different than envy. And. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a, uh, that was a really nice, that's very sweet. Um, would you mind um, sending that to me? Um, sure. Uh, if you don't mind, and with your permission, I'll include it in the show notes. So people, can, Sure. yeah, that's great. What advice might you give to the, to the young Mickey Kennedy of coming up behind you?
1: I would say focus a little bit more on strategy and less on the mechanics because I was a perfectionist. I thought that writing the most perfect press release was the goal. And so my first book that I wrote was about writing press releases. And uh, I, I gave one of those to every new customer uh, that, that came through. And, and then I realized that it's really well written press releases fail every day. I get, you know, like I said, 95% of mine uh, fail and probably more than half of them are very well written. And, and then I started to pay attention to strategy and realizing that strategically what you talk about and how you talk, uh, choose what to talk about is, is much more important. Well, I'm gonna leave it with
0: that. I think that's uh, incredibly good advice. I've really enjoyed this last uh, bit of time talking to you. It flew by for me. I think you're a really fascinating person. I'm not surprised to hear that. I mean, to say that or to feel that because you just come across as very interesting and unique. And so I appreciate knowing you. And uh, thanks so much, Mickey. You're very welcome. Thank you very much, Mickey. You're awesome. I thought you really did a great job of sharing some of your wisdom and being vulnerable and uh, open to good, honest discussion. And that's really great. I want to thank you for sharing your stories and your wisdom too. I think there's a lot there and I believe we all got a lot out of it. So I just want to thank you again. Next on Small BizCast, Tim Gallagher, one-on-one business coach. Tim is a VISTA chair where CEOs and company leaders derive value from a network of peers who understand the issues they have in common. Tim's positive and nurturing approach, coupled with his vulnerable and honest way of sharing wisdom, makes him a great guest. Here's a sneak peek. What's your backup plan? Where are your vulnerabilities? And testing those assumptions all the time, testing those vulnerabilities is critical for business success. It may never happen, but if it does, what's yeah. your backup plan? To our audience, I have nothing but appreciation. You review us wherever you hear podcasts, you share our episodes, and uh, you send me ideas. And uh, that's really just, I love when you're, when you're so engaged. So thank you very much. Also appreciate anything you, know, you can do to help us push our Facebook and LinkedIn posts out so people will learn about us. If you'd like to listen to other episodes of Small BizCast, you guessed it, go to our website, smallbizcast.com. Please remember to support our sponsors and hot dog, it's a wonderful life.